and welcome to I Am Not Okay With Day. I am your host, Day, and today we have a special guest on the podcast. We have Trevor Talks joining us. Trevor is a mental health and faith-based activist. He is the owner of Transparent Media Company and Fear is a Liar Company clothing brand. He is also, most importantly, a man of God. In this episode, we get to talking about his mental health experiences with anxiety, depression, and how he was able to get through it. It's a really important conversation. We especially talk about all of the stigmas with mental health among our church. So I think it's really important. I'm very excited for you guys to hear it. Without further ado, let's get right into it. Here is Trevor. Trevor, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy that you could join us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm so glad to be here, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Yes, it's an honor to have you. I'm very excited for everyone to hear the conversation that we're going to have today. Well, Trevor, we're just going to dive right in. So I gave everybody a little bit of an introduction on you and kind of what you're doing, um, but I just wanted to start with you from the beginning. Just kind of give us your personal introduction of yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, kind of where you started. Go ahead. Yeah, so my name is Trevor. I am from Social Circle, Georgia, which is like a very, very tiny town uh, about an hour east of Atlanta. And, you know, I'm just a good old country boy with a <laughs> with a little bit of a platform. And God's just taught me so much in my life. And I'm just able to share that with people all over the world through uh, my podcast, Trevor Talks, personal brand, and then uh, being able to help other people launch their messages into the world as well now. So God's just given me uh, a voice and a platform and a gift of vulnerability and just being able to open up about really hard topics that you don't hear a lot of guys talking about being vulnerability, mental health, um, suicidal ideation, all of the above, like, um, I'm just a kid spreading a message. So 23 years old, small town in Georgia, just like anybody else. Um, praise God that I'm here. And uh, yeah, it, it's just a very, very, very simplistic lifestyle for me, just like anybody <laughs> else. Nothing, nothing more important to anybody else, nothing any more special. We all have a story and God's just given me a voice to be able to shout it from the rooftops. I love that. So you kind of mentioned the mental health thing, and that's definitely something that I talked about in the beginning as well. And I kind of just want to dive into your experience with mental health and kind of what that's been like and where you're at now. Yeah. So I like to start my story around my senior year of high school when I really first noticed having a panic attack as a pre-adult. Um, mm -hmm. I remember like through therapy and everything, learning that when I was like five, six years old, like when um, my room was um, downstairs and my parents was upstairs and I would like have these phobias of like somebody breaking in or being shot in a school mm -hmm. shooting or things like that. And it would freak me out and I'd start having panic attacks, but I didn't know what those were until I went to yeah. therapy as a, um, an 18 year old. So it, it started when I was a kid and then um, it came back to uh, the surface my senior year of high school when I was touring promoting an event. And um, I remember having my first panic attack at uh, in Birmingham, Alabama at Church of the Highlands. And I walked around the building trying to make myself uh, puke outside because I thought that I was sick and just trying mm. to get that out. And it wasn't coming out and it wasn't going away. So I asked the EMTs if they had any ibuprofen or anything. And they're like, hey, we can't give it to you. You're underage. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, so I, I had a panic attack. I was supposed to speak 
um, at Shorter University the next day, ended up calling out. And um, I had a lot planned for that year and it all got derailed senior year of high school. I was class president, had to get the commencement speech at graduation, did that, was able to pull that off. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't get therapy until over two years after I graduated. So yeah, I don't know if it was two and a half or three years, somewhere in there um, before I received help. But um, through learning and finding people to support me and having a community um, that God blessed me with to support me along that journey. I'm able to live and overcome daily and pursue my calling. Yeah. So you mentioned that you were having panic attacks when you were younger, like five, six, and you didn't really know what that was. What can you remember specifically, like when you were at that age feeling and like, were your parents aware of this? How, what was that like? I feel like, uh, you know, at the time they were just like, oh, he's had a bad dream, you know, just like mm-hmm. any normal parents were like, they didn't do anything wrong. They didn't uh, panic attack, mental health. None of that was talked about at that right. point. So I was having mental health issues as a child. Um, it, it just wasn't known, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember like, uh, I I would think I was sick or something. I'd run upstairs and I'd just be like hyperventilating. And my mom's like, just calm down, calm down. And it's like, oh, he's crazy. Um, <laughs> like that was just something I experienced as a child and I had shunned it down to or like, and just compress it down. Didn't even remember it until I went through therapy. Mm -hmm. So that's something through EDMR therapy. I was able to pull back up to the surface and address and be like, yeah, yeah. Like that's something you experience, dude. So it's not just something that popped up your senior year. It's something you've experienced your whole life. You just didn't know what it was or how to address it. So when we talk about therapy, what is something like, how did that come to be? Because I know that the act of seeking, first of all, deciding, okay, I have a problem and then deciding, let me go ahead and get That's help a big this. step on its own. It's huge. Yeah. There's so many steps. So walk me through your steps. Like when did you realize, okay, this is a serious problem. And then how long from that point on did it take you to say, I need to get help. And then how long from then did it take you to actually get the help? Yeah. So, um, to kind of set that story up, I've only dated one girl in my life and, mm-hmm. um, I was dating her at that time and she's like, you should probably go to therapy and get that checked out. So mm-hmm. the love of a lady to get me in the therapist <laughs> chair, but you know, to each their own, everybody has a different story with it. Yeah. And that's like really what happened for me. Like I trusted her, like, uh, she didn't think I was crazy. So just having mm-hmm. like, it, it doesn't have to be a spouse or someone you're dating, but having someone around you, like if they recommend it, just know that they have pure intentions with it. So mm. it took a few times of me having that conversation with her, right. and, um, full credit to her, like amazing girl, um, didn't end on bad terms. It just wasn't the mm-hmm. situation God had planned. And, uh, she's encouraged me to go through it. And I hid it from my parents and everyone when I was going wow. through it because I thought yeah. like, you know, they're going to think I'm crazy to the point where, um, I worked for at and at the time I was going before work one day and my dad was driving behind me and I like took a different turn to where he didn't see me go to the, mm-hmm. like that, uh, building. Yeah. Wow. So when did your parents find out or when did you tell them? Uh, after the fact. So I would say they heard a few days before the world heard, um, Mm. because I was like, Ah. I better tell them before, you know, Facebook is where I really started to gain traction for Trevor talks and sharing mental health and videos and stuff. So I was like, well, if I'm going to share it with them, I don't want them to figure out through Facebook. Right. Um, they heard just about, um, maybe a week before everyone else did. 
That's awesome. I think the the point you brought up about, you know, your past girlfriend and just having people around you that are supportive of your mental health and want to help you is so, so important. Were you defensive at all? Like when she brought that up? Because I know sometimes like that's, you know, that's hard if mm -hmm. someone, anyone tells you, hey, you need to get help. What, was that something that was difficult for you to like digest? Or were you just like, I trust this person. She knows me well. I know she cares about me. And so mm -hmm. I know this is not coming from like an ill will place or anything. Yeah. Like, um, just mind you at that time, I was not the same. Like I was obviously the same person, but mentally mm -hmm. I was like, I'm a huge fan of music. Like I had toured and done everything. And I thought that period was over. So I was kind of mourning that. Right. Because mm -hmm. that was my calling. I was locking it away. It was like, I was taking yeah. some dirt and burying it with a shovel one piece at a time, just on a coffin of like, I'm never going to do this again. My best mm -hmm. life is behind me, etc. Mm -hmm. So once she brought the idea up, I was instantly intrigued because at that time, mind you, I was working for AT&T unhealthily in love with my job. Um, like winning accolades, trips to Cancun, number one in the Southeast wow. through the company. And um, I I wasn't fulfilled. I bought a house at 19, wasn't satisfied, got a new car, did everything, looked bougie on the outside, but inside mm -hmm. it was a rotting house, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't quite uh, believe at any point was I aggressive about it. Like, no, I don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. Of course, I was like, oh, isn't that for crazy people? And yeah. that was a conversation we definitely had. But I right. heard so much about therapy and I was open to give it a shot. Um, I remember I woke up one day, I was like, I got to do something to change this. And mm -hmm. I called all the like therapy offices around and none of them would answer all the like oh my unhooked. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm doing something today. So I went and got a tattoo like every normal person does. <laughs> I like that we're gonna take it this step further. I got second right. through nine tattooed on me, which talks about a double portion of God's spirit being a place on Elisha from Elijah before Elijah was sent up to heaven in chariot of flames. Um, yeah. So go look up Second Kings two nine if uh, you're intrigued by that story. Even if you're not a Christian, um, it's just very inspiring mm -hmm. um, that you can just pursue a double portion of for me God's spirit. But in anything you do why not go after double portion? Why not exceed expectations that you may have for yourself when yeah. they're available readily? So all that to say, you know, um, I had my faith. I had aspects of like, what would God want me to do? But mm -hmm. even for uh, people that may not be believers, like uh, the story of Jesus is just super inspiring to me. If you want to look at him as the son of God, or if you just want to see what some of the parables have entail for you, uh, they're very inspiring, I think. And um, they were a key cornerstone for me. And I walked through it, um, I believe, with God and through his guidance and was like, I'm never going to be able to be on the like same path as I was. And then two months later, after completing therapy, I was on stage wow. in front of 10,000 people in Quincy, wow. California, all the way across the country um, with the biggest um, music artists, like a huge Christian festival. So that's what God can do. Like I'm, wow. I'm from a tiny town. There were more people in that crowd than in my whole town by wow. three times. So, you know, um, God can do that if you, yeah. if you take that simple step and say yes and just go through the motions, figure it out and realize that you're not alone. Number one, I'm not alone. Tell yourself mm -hmm. quantum journal, think about it, tell yourself, look in the mirror, have a conversation with yourself. 
I'm not alone in this. I'm not anxious. I'm not depressed. I'm just experiencing these things. You don't own them. It's not mm. my anxiety. It's not my depression. I do not own them. And it's not a how to train your dragon scenario. Like I understand it's just like a Disney or Pixar movie, whatever. Um, but training your dragons isn't how yeah. you should think of your mental health. You're not living with a roommate. It's just something you're experiencing right now. And you got to learn how to kick it to the curb daily. It's like, um, uh, um, a drug, uh, someone addicted to drugs and their drug dealer, you just have to keep pushing it off and they may not leave you alone right then and there. Oh, you just, uh, go back to your bed. You'll be more comfortable there and hide under your covers and, um, go take a hot shower and stay comfortable. But, um, according to the gospels and my, um, like my thoughts on them, it's like, okay, I'm encouraged to not be comfortable. Not mm -hmm. that comfortability is a bad thing, but not all the time. Like, let's right. get out there. And, uh, life gets a little boring when you just go through the motions like you're supposed to, especially chasing rat races like uh, <laughs> nine to five jobs and yeah. finding uh, finding an hourly rage or hourly rate like your pay being mm -hmm. your identity. It's not at all mm. at all. Everybody's your life is priceless. Um, there's this one lyric. Um, I don't know what the song or band is like. Uh, you'd trade your heart if it were made of gold. Like, wow, uh, monetary value, finances, yeah. all that stuff. It could become an idol. So uh, that ties into mental health as well. A whole another conversation, yeah. but I feel like yes. it's valuable for this conversation. Just so like those are the things I've went through, and having financial security and health insurance to like starting a business, not having health insurance and figuring everything out, like. Mm -hmm. um, I had it pretty good financially. And now like, um, you know, being a business owner and having people depending on my agency success, um, to feed their families, it's like, hmm. like, uh, I didn't see this for me, you know, being a business yeah. owner and everything relying on you, you know, there's stress and anxiety that can come right, with that, but pressure. yeah, but God's helped me realize that there are bigger fish to fry than overthinking, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So. Yeah. So you kind of mentioned that you were touring. You were like a musician touring at the time. Speaker. Like oh, you were my speaking. Mouth. Yeah, speaking. <laughs> so how did you get into that? I've always loved to run my mouth. Like, uh, <laughs> it's called Trevor talks because I don't shut up. Like I just don't like Trevor talks. That's literally a verb. That's the noun, like the name of the show. I just run my mouth. It's right. nothing more than that. I, I get on and ask people questions that I'm genuinely intrigued to know. Like I map out, like I just got done interviewing for my show. Like I'll have it on a iPad here. Like um, things to remind me of, yeah. but I never go like word for word down yeah. it or anything like that. I really just get the intro and, um, make sure I get all the accolades or things mm -hmm. to highlight mm -hmm. book titles, podcast titles, whatever we're talking about. Like I'll have those notes, but I just let the conversation take everything away and just let it lead, you know, let God yeah. lead, let the spirit lead. I don't get lost in my own sauce <laughs> um, and, you know, just praise God for new mercies and grace and just the ability to do this and not to be too preachy or anything. I'm mindful. Yeah. I understand not everybody's going to want to hear that. I don't want to sway anybody away from a mental health conversation. That's just real for me. And I'm passionate about it. Yeah. I mean, this is a mental health and faith-based podcast. Yeah. 
you know, we talk about faith a lot here too. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about, you know, kind of having all the things looking really good on the outside and suffering on the inside. And I think that's, that is the basis of my podcast because I feel like I lived a very similar life where, Mm -hmm. you know, I had the house and the husband and the career and everything. And then, and I felt like I was on cloud nine, but really on the inside, Mm. it it, it wasn't. And so then when that all came to a head and I literally lost all of those things, mm-hmm. I had to kind of like come to terms to the fact that we're not okay. Right. Yeah. How, what was that process for you? Like, like what was though you said the panic attack, was that like the moment when you were like, okay, like we have to do something, you know, what was that process for you? Like, like really coming to terms with the fact that you are not okay. Yeah, it took over two years for me to even say I'm not okay, number Mm. one. Um, Number two, like when that panic attack happened, like I said, I was going to speak at a university and uh, Mm -hmm. stayed away the next day. Canceled that, went home, didn't get out of bed for a week. Wow. One whole week. Uh, Missed school. Like I went from being able to, like I was super extroverted uh, and Mm -hmm. always being gone from school, um, interning with that organization. And um I even tried to get out of doing a class presentation in front of 20 people for a literature class. And I've always loved writing and literature. And, um, you know, I, from beginning to end, like front to back, everything, like I just had anxiety about, I didn't Mm want to go to restaurants. I didn't want to go to outings. Um, we had the whole senior class over to our house for a party. I didn't go outside. Um, I just didn't want to be a part of any of it. It, it stole yeah. my joy. It it literally stole my joy. And now I know that was a choice that I indirectly made because I wasn't educated. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping people mm-hmm. realize a little bit earlier than I did, because um, not that I regret anything, but you know, there's more to life than just embracing your um, quote unquote flaws, things that you struggle with the roadblocks mm-hmm. in life. They're not meant to it's exactly that as a road, it's a roadblock. Like, uh, when you go to Kroger and they have the little, um, things to slow you down the humps, mm-hmm. the road, that's, that's all anxiety and depression are, uh, you could still go. You just have to go at a little bit slower pace and realize like, okay, what are some things I can do to help take care of my body and help mm-hmm. take care of my mental health? And when I'm having panic attacks, um, it feels like I'm being choked, like right here in my Adam's apple. Like I just, mm. if you press your thumb down in your neck, like mm-hmm. right there where it hits your chest, you start to feel pressure there. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I feel. And if you were to do it right now, I guarantee you start gagging. Like if you do it mm. hard enough, you just feel like you start to gag. It closes your throat. It's hard to breathe. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's learning that like therapy, medication and Jesus, like they can all work hand in hand. Right. And there's nothing terribly wrong with you. Like it's, it's not worth ending your life. There's always a silver lining. There's always something to live for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the stigma because I think that especially in the church, there's a, a stigma of mental health. And you kind of brought that up a second ago about, you know, meds and church and God and mental health. It all kind of goes in. What was, did you have an issue in the beginning with like facing, dealing with some stigmas with mental health? Oh yeah, of course. Like I didn't even tell my parents I was in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> so like little things like that. Um, I told some people at work and uh, mm-hmm. mostly the ladies at work because, you know, guys still, uh, <laughs> oh, he's an emotional wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, I told very select people. Yeah. And then when, when was the moment that you felt comfortable? Like, no, this is what it is. What was that turning point for you? It was uh, completing EDMR therapy and realizing that my issues aren't my identity and that I can get past them and I can help people with my words. And um, when I realized I was going to get back into speaking, mm -hmm. I was like, there's nothing I'm more passionate about right now than helping people overcome that. So I had to realize for myself, like, yeah. Trevor, you know, you're going to get back into speaking and you're trying to hide this anxiety thing right now, but you know... Uh, this is going to be your life's message. So you better get used to it. And mm. I, it took me a while, but I embrace it. And now I'm an open book. I love that. When you like, how is that now talking to your male peers and like, has that changed the dynamics of some of your relationships with your male friends? I would say I'm more mindful on the way I joke. Um, mm. So like even guys like um, I've gotten body shame my whole life for being so really? tiny, like, and I can't gain weight. Like, <laughs> mind you, like I won, like I broke two national records in powerlifting, but I was still wow. a tiny, tiny guy. So um, I did all that trying to gain weight to where people would shut up with the saying I look like uh, uh, anorexic or things that mm. are just super mean, especially like for guys. Like I feel like for some reason it's reversed. Like guys don't want to be skinny and girls want to be skinny. Yeah. Um, and like I, I can't help, like I can't build muscle like that or right. gain weight genetically. It's just not going to work for me. So I'm mindful on what I joke around with guys about like, mm. Oh, you're fat or you're uh, too skinny or you're this, you got a big head. Like it, there's a time and a place for stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And if it's all fun and games, you have to make sure it's being received that way. Cause some guys go home and uh, like um, self inflict pain on themselves because these yeah. words are hurting so much. And um, there's an epidemic with people cutting their wrists, cutting their sides to where like it's cut like in their belt line. I know, um, in high school, it was a whole lot more common than um, you would ever think just because I knew of girls that would like actually cut their sides during the winter and then like find places like to where they could still wear bathing suits and like wow. hide their cuts because they were self-inflicting pain on themselves, abusing alcohol, abusing drugs. Um, these are all like issues that nobody wants to talk about, but mm -hmm. let's talk about the high schooler that goes home and their parents aren't paying them any attention. They leave them at home in these big houses and it looks like on the outside, they have it all together, but they're drinking all their parents' booze, busting the bottle mm -hmm. and slicing the wrist open at night and look, acting like they have it all together during the day. Let's talk about that. Right. Let's talk about the pastor's kid that um, was raised in a super, 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 super Southern Baptist home and their dad doesn't embrace medication and therapy mm -hmm. and they're suicidal. I've seen Southern Baptist pastors lose their kids to suicide and then wonder what they did wrong. Let's talk about wow. that. And it's not to shame anybody or say that, um, it, let's just talk about the misinformation and lack of education there. And let's move forward knowing that this is a conversation we need to have. Mm -hmm. we, lost, we lost way more people to suicide in the past year than we did COVID-19. Uh, tell me yeah. about the statistics are there, um, especially in the state of California, like where there's a huge population of a lot more people died of suicide. So, yeah. um, and not to take away from COVID-19 or anything, but let's, let's talk about the statistics behind suicide and, mm -hmm not necessarily in this interview, but just in general, let's, let's really dive into that and really yeah. realize there's 
two pandemics going on here. Um, I mean, I think there's been a lot of different kinds of pandemics going on. Mm -hmm. You know, I think finances, jobs. yeah, yeah. Yeah. This pandemic has shown us all the other pandemics we've been dealing with that we're not calling pandemics, but they mm-hmm. are, you Social know. Social issues. Um, yep. We saw the whole George Floyd incident happen mm-hmm. during a global pandemic and people were out marching in the streets in their masks and like mm-hmm. people are hurting. They're alone. They're afraid. Yeah. They want comfort. They want um, healing. They want a tragedy to step aside to where we can embrace these things that need to be addressed. So there's just so much more than yeah. COVID-19 in this past year. So you kind of mentioned medication. Mm-hmm. Um, how uh, did you approach that? Cause I know, you know, it's one thing to do like therapy, but medication is like a whole other thing. What was your mindset regarding that? And then how was that eventually dealt with like with your family or mm-hmm. with any friends and stuff like that? Um, I would say like, I'll start off with, I went to my regular physician for um, mental health care and um, I got a wrong diagnosis because I didn't go to a specialist on it and just okay. was like, yeah. um, he's like, you have generalizing anxiety disorder, which is what uh, most physicians will tell you if you just mm-hmm. go to your uh, primary care physician. It's a great starting point, but let them recommend you to someone that actually knows right. what you're talking about before they diagnose you with things. Um, they were treating me for generalized anxiety disorder when I had panic disorder. Um, mm-hmm. I just have random panic attacks all the time, not necessarily thought I'm provoked right, right, right. or overthinking or anything like that. It My body just goes haywire and I'm like, oh, what's going on? I'm dying. Mm-hmm. Um, so first and foremost, was on the wrong medication for a wrong diagnosis. Drained me creatively was not happy, um, made me more depressed. So mm-hmm. go see, uh, you can talk with your primary care physician, but go see a psychiatrist. I know there's a stigma around psychiatry and psychiatrists saying like, yeah. Oh, you're crazy. If you get on meds, no, uh, go make sure you're on the right medication because medication can be the healing you've been looking for. Benny Hinn's yes. not going to be able to slap you in the face every day and, uh, shun it away from you, you know, go to these, um, evangelistic outreaches. I believe God can perform those miracles, but it's not going to be a and done for mm-hmm, everybody. You know, mm-hmm. you have to really dive into the psyche behind it and realize exactly. that God can use therapy. God can also use medication. If you yes. get a headache, you're going to take ibuprofen, correct? Yep. So if you're going to take the holistic approach on, you don't need that. You just need Jesus. Quit taking ibuprofen when you get a headache. <laughs> Quit going to the doctor when you have the flu. Don't get a vaccine. Don't do all of the things that have, uh, if you're going to make that argument, don't be a hypocrite, right. a hypocrite live it out. Let's, let's see, uh, let's see how far you get with that. Okay. So mental health is health. Um, yes. working out can help, um, take it down, but also for the meatheads listening that stay in the gym all the time and are like, that's going to heal you. You don't need medication. Shut up. Like, you know, <laughs> go shake your protein bottle and sit in a corner somewhere. Um, that's not going to work for everybody. So, and I'm not calling people out directly or anything like that. You know, I can, make some crazy imagery behind it because that's just who I am and like to play around, <laughs> but you know, it's a combination of things that could heal you. Um, yeah. So just be open to those things and try it out. And if it's more than one thing. Great. If it's as simple as going to the gym and getting a quick workout and, um, eating a healthier diet, 
more power to you, but don't mm-hmm. say that that's the only thing that's going to heal somebody because that's yeah. false expectations and setting someone else right. to get upset when it doesn't work and think something's wrong with them and it just feeds into it. Mm-hmm. That's something I'm very passionate about because I'm a social worker, you know, this mental health field is what I do. And, you know, as of course, being a Christian as well, you know, hearing a lot of people into the church say, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus will help you just pray. It's going to be fine. Like that's something that is yes, Jesus will help you. And also I love the point that you made, which is Jesus made therapists and psychiatrists and doctors. And he gave us the intelligence to seek help when we need it and to be the helpers. And so we got to take advantage of that. And I think um, medication is the same thing. You're absolutely correct. When we take meds for other health issues, there's no questions about that. But somehow there's questions about um psychiatric medication. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. So that's something I'm very passionate about as well. And, you know, mental health is health, period. Yeah. I love that. So let's um, kind of shift gears a little bit to the faith thing, because we talked a little bit about that, but what was your, what was the role that your faith played into this whole journey that you're going through? Because I know that like, for myself personally, it's definitely been um, challenging because, you know, you Mm -hmm. go through questioning God, like, why is this happening? And you go through a lot of like ups and downs. And sometimes this is something that can push people farther away. So what was that like for you? Yeah. So really just diving into the fact that like, when you're going through a mental health journey, you have to find that thing to cling on to that, that hope. And for me, it was faith. And I knew Mm -hmm. that God was real at the time, but was I willing to put my trust that he would carry me through this and that there was a bigger purpose for the pain that I had been experiencing and the traumas and such. And when I really clinged on to my faith and realized, oh, like I am going to get through this. Mm -hmm. That's where I really started to realize that God was all over it. This was a part of the process and the pain yeah, the hurt and the trauma that I experienced was to help other people go through it as well. And do I think God did that to me to teach me that? No, I think that we have a choice through everything we experience. Mm-hmm. Um, like when we talk about medication and such, and people opposing it, um, I know people that don't believe you need to get the oil change on your car routinely. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. It's so dumb. Um, and this, there are people that are like, you need to get the oil change on your car. It's not going to run right. Okay. You need to give your brain the, what it needs to run right. Right. So think of that antidepressant or the uh, beta blocker, whatever you're having to take for your mental health as changing the oil in your car. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll run smoother. It'll run more efficiently. You're going to have less issues. It's not going to break down all of the above Mm -hmm. faith and imagery and parables and really just diving into my story and realizing who God's created me to be. Um, it, it started there with like, Oh, there is hope. There is a way that I'm going to get past this. And it's, it's through Jesus alone. And once I embrace that, it's like all the stones started to line up for me to have a walking path in the rain. You know, you don't want to get your yeah. shoes muddy. God provides us stepping stones for us. And it was a key factor in me overcoming and learning to overcome daily. 
I love that. And I think that even just talking about, you know, you doing this for yourself and your faith pushing you, but also so you that you can help somebody else, I think is the whole purpose of being a Christian in general. You know, none of us are perfect. We all have something. If it's not like a mental health thing, it's something. And I think a big part of being a Christian is sharing your struggles to help others. And again, you know, that's a big reason why I'm doing the podcast as well. And I love having conversations like this because I just know that this is going to help somebody. Yeah. So I love it. Okay. So in every episode, I always do a segment called what God has taught me. Usually I do it over the course of like the past week or so, but since you're my guest, I'll let you decide however long the time frame you want to use it some maybe throughout this whole experience or or if you want to do in the past week that's good too what is something that god has taught you god's taught me so much and one of the things just right off the bat is like when i'm in an interview and i my throat's getting dry to get some drinks so <laughs> you know what that is a funny thing because i'm always <laughs> i'm always here like okay how long can i talk until i get so thirsty yeah. <laughs> i need to take a break and i'm like does that look stupid if i just drink some juice or something in the middle so i'm very glad that you said this <laughs> yeah like i've i've come to the conclusion that there's a stigma with that and there is a stigma we, we need to are, get rid of it yeah, like uh, for you, like you're the boss of this establishment here. This is your podcast. <laughs> you make the rules. If you need a drink, you get a drink. But also as a guest and even a host on my show, I'm like, yeah, who cares? It's awkward. It'll save you from <clears throat> like later on. So exactly. I love I it. Let me hydrated. Take, let me take a drink too in yes. solidarity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like um, when it comes down to it, um, some of the things that God's been teaching me is it's okay to be emotional it's okay to cry like uh, it's like uh, getting your wiper blades changed on your car you know like if you don't get them changed every now and again uh, it's going to be hard to get the rain off when it's raining and right so just think of your emotions like that if if you have your blade wiper blades on and they're not working correctly how are you going to see in the rain you can't drive in the rain so how are you going to be able to navigate these uh through these hardships in life if you're really emotional and you're just hiding it in mm pressing it and it'll end up blowing up. So mostly for the guys and even the girls. Yeah. It's okay to cry. I shed a few tears. Like it, it, it'll feel good for you. And, uh, you don't have to do it in public. Like it, it, it doesn't have to be like you're at somebody's funeral, but mm -hmm. you know, just, just set aside some time to process and really dive into the psyche of the mind and learning how to take care of yourself better and take some time to meditate. And I'm not talking about like, uh, getting on a magic carpet like Aladdin and levitating with <laughs> fingers don't like the okay sign you know home no um for me like I like to just start my day getting quiet maybe go for a walk outside if it's a nice day uh get a tiny tiny bit of exercise in just to get the blood flowing like even if it's just bouncing around anything like that and just uh being quiet shutting up mm -hmm. like not being Trevor talks for 10 seconds you know and, yeah just turning my brain off before I start checking emails or anything like that and starting my day, uh, take that time for, with God and meditate, uh, listen to an audio book, listen on, uh, the Bible app. Like, uh, they've got the audio version of the Bible, just like mm -hmm. take some time for yourself. Yeah. You start your day, just taking care of your brain, start in, in your days, take some breaks in between. Um, 
like uh, I use the the calm app a lot just oh yes <laughs> play the peaceful noises and the sounds and like white noise when I'm going to sleep like just things to help my brain and yeah yeah just learning to maintenance your brain just as you would your car you gotta get the tires rotated and balanced gotta get the oil changed sometimes you gotta get the um, what's the running joke with people get the blinker fluid changed, like all of the above, <laughs> like change the battery, uh, keep all the clean. things. Yeah. All the things. And you got to do the same with your mind and just taking care right. of and stewarding the brain that God's given you on this earth. What is it about, uh, just going back to what you initially said about crying and just sharing emotions that was hard for you specifically until God taught you it was okay. I grew up around three brothers, so um, mm. being uh, being the artsy one, I've always been a tad bit more emotional. We'll say that, yeah. um, but being called a baby and other things that thou shalt not uh, speaketh of, mm-hmm. um, like uh, things you get canceled for now, you know, like uh, not I even get- brothers, you know, like just having. Um, there's a stigma with guys that you have to mm-hmm. have it together all the time, and for me, like. <laughs> found the wrong guy might, uh, might refer to me as a feminine soul to a certain extent when it comes mm. to emotions, like, but, um, you learn to manage your emotions. And, um, if you have anger issues, that is probably an underlying condition of that. If you have explosive anger, you're just trying to keep it together all the time. That's not how the brain needs to work. You need right. to, like, sometimes your computer overheats, you can let your brain overheat and do something real stupid one day. And then you're going to think about, Oh yeah, Trevor did warn me about that. And, you you know, it might save you from having to go to some anger management classes or something. Just mm-hmm. take care of your brain and love your brain. Uh, you only get one. So, you know, it's funny because I always used to tell, I used to work with kids. It says my younger kids when a lot of times when we're angry, it's because we're sad, but being angry is easy that, you know, being sad is hard being hurt and in pain is very vulnerable and that's more difficult, you know, for anyone. And I think it's funny that men, especially, you know, they, they're very, um, proud of the anger at times, but you know, anger is also an emotion. So mm-hmm. being angry can also mean that you're emotional because it is yeah. an emotion. And I, it's just funny how like in our society, we've convinced ourselves that, you know, crying is, the equivalent of emotional when anger and frustration and all that kind of stuff is the exact same thing. And again, 99% of the time, all of that is because of something else, you know, Mm. or is with the sadness and, you know, the hurt and pain. So, yeah. And it takes a bigger person. Like if, if you feel like you want to punch somebody in the mouth, it takes a bigger person to not do that. If you want to argue with somebody, it takes a bigger person to not engage in it. If you want to, unleash fury on somebody it takes the bigger person to not do it so if you think you're big bad macho have a rebel personality because you cuss everybody out you know what it's just showing insecurities really precisely it's funny because the very things that we do because we think it's going to produce a different result it actually does the thing that we're trying to avoid (laughs) a lot of the times so trevor um you have started your own company as you said transparent media and you also have a clothing line so tell us a little bit about that Yeah, so I started Transparent Media Company this year to help authors, musicians, public figures, etc. to get their message out. So whether it's branding your product, a launch strategy, um, merchandising, all of the above, like more so the creative and the PR aspect for launching your um, 
like I said, whether it's a movie, book, uh, music, any of that, that we're your one-stop shop for that, especially when it comes to social media market. God's given us a really unique talent there. And yeah. uh, the clothing brand currently is Fear is a Liar, but um, um, I've currently taken the site down and just re like I'm, I'm working on a rebrand right now, which I'm super okay. excited about. And we've got some amazing products coming. Uh, we'll still have the domain for fearsaliar.co. So even if it changes, that'll still go to the site. So okay. um, I'm working on some really cool stuff and imagery to help people um, overcome the dark parts of the world. And, but also like fear is a liar. I don't, I don't, I don't want it like fear to be in the name. Cause I don't like, what are we making famous here? Uh, you know, mm. so like I want to advocate for change and healing. So focusing more so on the light and the darkness than the darkness itself. Yeah. Um, so something that I've had on my heart for a while and just God's given me such a vision for the next launch and I can't wait to show it to everyone, but also, um, Trevor talks podcast, like that's been the big game changer for me and being able to have some of the, some bucket list people on recently and yeah. be able to have conversations with people I've looked up to for almost more than a decade. Yeah. And God's just provided so much there and I'm just baffled every single day at the opportunities and hopefully having you come on the show and share your story and such like, I is it's literally real people, real topics, and real stories, a combination of entertainment, inspiration, and conversation, just because like those are the things that I'm interested in. Yeah. So it started as just me having a form of not only a talk show, but it's therapy for me, like having these yeah. conversations is therapeutic. And um it it just kind of gained traction and became the hierarchy of like what I do. It used to be mm -hmm. like blogging and um, guest articles on bigger publications. And now like it's straight to consumer podcasting and God's just blown my mind with it and given me a brand that I could stand behind. I'm super proud of what we've done at Trevor talks and I can't wait yeah. to see where it grows too. And, um, even being able to have this conversation wouldn't be possible if I wouldn't have said yes to the crazy vision God give, gave me, even though I thought like, Oh, it might be embarrassing. And then now I'm like, <laughs> you know what, it, it, God's, I, I can't imagine doing anything else. So yeah. all that to say, chase your yes, whatever God has for you. Um, if, if it's a, something that keeps coming into your mind, maybe that's a hint that you should probably yes. just give it a shot. Just give it a shot. Baby steps at a time. Just write it down. Uh, give yourself some goals and go after it. What was your inspiration for Trevor talks? Um, I, my name is Trevor and I love to talk. I run my <laughs> mouth 110% of the time. I'm really energetic. I've, I've always enjoyed emceeing concerts and like mm -hmm. being the person that comes on before the band to introduce the band and in between, yeah. like being able to share my story in little increments, but I've always been fascinated by other people's stories and amplifying mm -hmm. other people's voices. So it started with me, um, like from the Trevor talks, like blog and video stuff on Facebook, I was able to interview on red carpet for, um, some movie premieres and then some award shows. And I was like, Oh, like, I really like interviewing people, I yeah. like, like hearing their stories and conversation. And it's easy for me to just sit back and be like, in all of what God's doing in their life and ask questions that 
indirectly, like I asked them because I'm curious, but it's actually mm-hmm. healing for people to sit and listen to it. Yeah. It turns out. So being able to use that uh, for God's glory and be able to show people that they're not alone in their seasons of doubt and anxiety and depression and um, thoughtlessness. And even though they've struggled with things in the past, it doesn't mean they're too far gone. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole message behind it. Like I, re- my name is Trevor. I love to talk. I don't shut up. And <laughs> I, God's given me a unique perspective to ask people questions and be able to carry on a conversation. And like, I still get insecure. Like I had um, Dave Ramsey's daughter, Rachel Cruz is two time number one, New York times bestselling author. Dr. Caroline Leaf, who's a world-renowned cognitive neuroscientist, wow. um, all of the like Grammy-nominated artists, um, Grammy winners, and all of these people that have these what seems like an elevated platform. All of yeah. our stories are unique and valid. No one's story is more um, important than ours. But you have these people on, and it's like. God gave you a talent to keep a world-renowned <laughs> cognitive neuroscientist talking for over an hour. Wow. And all of these people, and they're they're interested in the conversation. You can see yeah. in the reactions, and maybe they're putting on a front. But that's that's something that God provided me, and I had to realize it's not cock, it's not arrogant to be confident in what God yes. calls you to do. And um, one of my clients is a bigger musician, and I was showing him, like, I was out promoting his movie last year when the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, like, I like to think I'm pretty good at, like, keeping a crowd content in between acts. He's like, whoa, 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 it's okay to know that you're good at something. Mm-hmm. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, so, I love that. Check to me in that instance, and I was <laughs> like, dang, like, we're so quick to ensure people that they're great at something. But when it comes to ourselves, we're like, I don't want to be cocky. I don't want to be this. I don't want to be that. But at the end of the day, when you start writing stuff down, you start to believe it. So if you're like, oh, I'm okay at it. You're going to think you're okay at it. You're not going to perform at the performance level that you could be doing it. What makes you think you're going to be a New York Times bestselling author if you don't actually believe you can do it? So yeah, all of that, like that's what Trevor Talks is about. I'm going to ask the hard questions. I'm going to ask the good questions. I'm going to ask whatever God lays on my heart. And it's genuinely like me coming from a place of curiosity Mm -hmm. and hopefully humor. I love making stupid jokes and uh, (laughs) sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't, but you know what? I'm going to keep rolling with them. And it's just, again, conversation, inspiration, education, but genuine curiosity in people's lives and amplifying their voices, sharing their stories to help other people make it through those hard times as well. I love that. Everybody go ahead, check out Trevor Talks podcast. It's really good. I listened to a couple episodes and I love it. I love, I mean, I'm a podcast person, so I love listening to people talk about things, but I think it's so great when you can have conversations about things that we're not having conversations about. So I really love that. All right. We're coming to a close, Trevor. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking to me. I'm going to give you the floor real quick to just promote yourself, plug yourself, tell us where we can find you yeah um on all social media platforms is at trevor talks and at trevor talks podcast and um wherever you stream your podcast including youtube we've got episodes up there all you have to do is search trevor talks and you'll see this face on there um (laughs) and most likely making like a really really unique interesting what i think is funny face but but (laughs) probably over the extreme but just uh google trevor talks wherever um and you'll you'll be able to find it Thank you so much, Trevor. This was amazing. I can't wait for everybody to hear it. Thank you again for joining me. Until next time, everybody. Bye.